Hey everyone, I'm Mayor Sambal Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mellon, Vice Mayor, and this is our podcast, Women Are Here. Hello. Happy Friday. I am so tired. <laughs> well, you came in on a red eye, what, Sunday night from California? I did. I did. Yeah, so I went to San Diego, which was my first time there. Absolutely loved it. I was there for the National School Board Association Conference. Um, and, and so it was really hectic. Uh, but the sessions were good. I, I compared it to the National League of Cities. And I was like, this was so much better. Well, it seems um, like you guys were out and about in the community more and like visiting schools and, right? Ex- yeah, exactly. We we went to an entire school district. We talked to students. And we also brought our student school committee members um, with us. And they're just, you know, they're the best, they're my favorites. Uh, and so I had a blast. We all had a blast with them. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot. And so, yeah, I came back on a red eye. <laughs> and what happened was I got to the airport and I got there and they were like, we can't find your ticket anymore. And I was like, how is that possible? I bought a round trip to pick ticket February 15th. They're like, yeah, we see all that, but we really don't know what happened with your ticket. I was like, okay, so you, I don't have a ticket. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm, I, I basically texted you. <laughs> And then I texted like my chief of staff. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to miss the school committee, uh, the city council meeting tomorrow night, which is why I was flying back early or earlier um, before the conference ended. And it was just like a rough two hours. I mean, it was a journey with you because it was like, first you weren't going to come home until Wednesday. And I, my husband and I were both like, how is that even possible? (laughs) Like there are flights all the time from California like we were just afraid you weren't going to be able to get on a flight until Wednesday. And then I was like, how did you lose it? How did they lose your ticket? And then I woke up on Monday morning and there was a text from you saying I, I got on the flight. So it was a real journey. It was a real journey. Was, at one point, like I was typing so fast and I was like, it's great. You know, but <laughs> remember that? And yeah. I was like, it's, it's crazy. Like, and then I, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, and crazy. I was like, yeah, I'm crying inside. But anyway, it was, um, I made it off standby and I got one of those extra space seats, which was nice. Um, but I got in at like what, 4.30 in the morning. And so it was, anyway, I think that tiredness just continued throughout the week. And so I have these really bad bags under my eyes and I should get some sleep tonight. So how was your week? Um, well, there were so many things that went on. I think it's been a really busy week for the city manager search. Um, to, this week, is today is the last day to apply uh, to be the city manager, the next city manager of Cambridge. So there's been like a flurry of activity. We've had a ton of applications. We also, um, the ad hoc committee uh, that was chaired by Councillor McGovern to pick the initial screening committee. Um, they did their work this week. So we're... Um, We've chosen uh, an initial screening committee. There should be a press release and announcement happening on Monday. So it's just been a busy, busy week uh, in the city manager search, but like moving right ahead, moving right along. It's um, it's some exciting updates this week and I'm looking forward to, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this phase being over and then getting into the, the screening phase because it's coming right up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So yeah, so that happened this week. Um, and then you and I went to visit a kindergarten class, which was the highlight of me, my week, I have to admit. Um, definitely. Definitely. So we went to the Tobin Montessori School and visited with the, um, Megan Cahill's Children's House classroom, which is uh, in Montessori. It's three, four, and five-year-olds in the same class. So you had like 
very little kids up to kindergarten age and they were so cute. We sang songs with them. That, that's my first um, visit back to a school since the pandemic. Mm. It's yeah, long. they were so cute. They were the, just adorable and the, t- the teachers all were great. And um, we, we just, we talked about our cat cafe idea. <laughs> They really but loved it. They really they did. Loved it. They loved it. We were testing um, it out. <laughs> and there were a lot of uh, ideas. Speaking of which, we we did put in one of their ideas. Yeah, so their ideas for Cambridge were, and I'll read them. Um, one was to have people pick up their dog poop and have more bags nearby. Um, they want more bathrooms near playgrounds, which I a hundred percent agree, being a mom who had kids near that was at the playground constantly. Um, arrest bad guys and have ch- children teach them good things. <laughs> um, clean up trash, lower the cost of electric cars and make it easier for people to buy them. And then this one, this girl was so sweet, help birds when they are damaged. Um, so those were their ideas from Cambridge. And we thought um, certainly we'd work on some of those, but the one that we could really work on first was one, something that we're putting in for Monday night. Do you want to tell the people? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you basically you basically told them, right? Uh, no, well, so the, the first, their, their number one thing that they wanted to do was have people pick up their dog boop, poop and have four <laughs> bags nearby. So uh, the mayor and myself have put in a policy order on Monday night asking the city manager and the Department of Public Works and uh, Animal Commission to, to look at more places across the city. Right now we have dog poop bags available like Danahy Park and the dog runs, but we don't have them sort of out and about and around the city. So seeing if there's a way to put them in more places across the city so people had access to them, but then also um, putting together an educational campaign around why it's important to pick up dog waste um, and maybe put signs on city hall uh, and, and really let people know the importance of picking up dog waste. So, you know, really getting those ideas right from the community, right from that classroom and putting them into action on Monday night. So the kids are super excited that that's going to be on the agenda for Monday night. And I can't wait to talk about dog poop on Monday night. Exactly. And we also invited that class and other classes to come visit us at City Hall now that we can have more visits. So they're very excited. It'll be fun for to have them and show them the policy order that we passed. Yeah, so um, I can't wait to do more of that because I have to tell you, like, all week I had a little spring in my step um, after having talked to them. So cute. That they're was just my, so cute. They're so cute. And that was my kids' old school. So for me, it was like a little, like, seeing all their old teachers and hugging people. It was just a nice, it was a nice thing to do. So And that um, was the building that I went to school in from second to eighth grade. I know. And you were telling me that you had to go to the principal's office. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I love that. I, I was just like the whole time I was like, and I did this here and I went up these <laughs> stairs and I had water from this bathroom. It was, it was fabulous. So yeah, we, we did that and we're going to hopefully do more of that. I also went to um, the Putnam Upper, Putnam Upper School, eighth grade ELA symposium. Um, a lot of folks were doing that. Um, and that was great to just hear um, a little bit more about the work the eighth graders were, were doing. Last night, I had the National Honor Society um, inductee ceremony. So I did that. That was a quick hour. We got through all the names real quick. Um, and this morning, I also 
went to the library to celebrate National Library Week. We I saw the photo on the Twitter. On the Twitter, yeah, we we brought some food, breakfast treats for for the um, team there. So that was really nice. And then immediately I went to the high school for the readathon that they're having. Have you heard of this? No, I'm I you know I'm surprised that the high school is doing a readathon. But so tell me more. So basically, there's a read, read, readathon happening at the high school, and it's, I can't read. read. You can't um, read the readathon. And yeah, and it's a bunch of students who are reading books the entire day until midnight. And these kids are in their PJ. It was cute. And there's all these different groups that are reading, like there's fantasy books, there's graphic novels, and yeah, I mean, I was really blown away. Like all the students were just so kind. They were like telling me all about kind of, you know, what they're doing, how they're reading. It's basically a 16 hour event um, where these groups are choosing, you know, a number of books um, to read together and started at 8 a.m. that morning. And they're going through cycles of reading for an hour, followed by like, a 15 minute break. And that's going to continue until midnight when they vote to decide on, you know, the one book um, that I think they want the the whole community to read. So it was it was great to see um, all the teachers, the library librarians were really excited, and I loved. I got they had even a photo booth set up. Oh, fun! So I just loved it. I was I I, I ended up getting even a book at the library uh, as I was leaving the library event. And then all these books that the high schoolers are reading, I'm like, I want to read some of these. So <laughs> anyway, it's been a busy, busy, like events week for me. I have been like, Oh gosh, I got to dry clean some clothes. Cause I'm like, I need to like get some, I can't have the same shirt in, <laughs> in all these pictures anymore. <laughs> I know. I have to say like the, for some reason, just like, the past week has felt very pre-pandemic in terms of like the schedule and like seeing people and events and being out. And so it's feeling kind of nice and like the weather's yeah. been kind of crappy, but at least like the days are longer. I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit to be like positive and hopeful about right now for the first right. time in a long time. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, so speaking of um, the pandemic, we got a few quick COVID updates that we want to run through and then we'll get to the city council happenings. So um, for the case trends for the week ending Saturday, April 2nd, there are 518 new confirmed Cambridge cases, which translates to a seven day average of 59.1 confirmed cases per 100,000 residents. This represents a 33 0.8% increase in cases from the previous week and a 31.9% increase in the case rate. And with the hospitalization data, um, as of April 5th, COVID-19 hospitalizations in Cambridge, in, in Massachusetts, um, have declined 93.4% from their peak. So that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. And... I think oh, people ahead. have been asking me, you know, like, well, I'm seeing these Cambridge case trends ticking up, you know, we're seeing over 100 cases every day. And I think the, the low hospitalization rates have been um, very, very positive. And I know, um, like, my, my neighbors both have COVID and, um, mm. you know, they're in their 70s. And of course, I'm texting them a million times. <laughs> Are you okay? What do you need? I'll go to the grocery store. And it seems like, you know, they're, um, 
one of them was able to go and get a prescription for something um, that, you know, it was causing her a little bit of trouble and, but they seem okay. So like, I know that the cases seem high, um, but it does seem like people are staying out of the hospital. They are not getting as sick as they were. I went to go get a second booster shot today because I'm over 50. And um, so that's like, it feels good to be boosted again. I have to say that. I got to take my parents. I've been meaning to do that. But yeah, I was reading like Catherine Clark. Yeah. Um, Secretary Raimondo. Um, who else? Uh, Nancy like, Pelosi. Right. And Mayor uh, Garland you know attorney general garland like all these people i was like wow everyone's getting it so it is yeah it's still happening but as you said we're in a much better place than we were you know even a year ago so 93 percent of cambridge residents have received at least one dose 76 percent of residents are fully vaccinated and 47 percent of residents have received a booster uh according to the april 5th report so yeah, get those boosters, people. If you have your booster and you're over 15, you can get a second one. Um, I made my appointment at CVS. They're pretty quick. Um, I, it just took a couple of days. And then, of course, now on Windsor Street, at the Windsor Street Health Clinic, I think they're doing them on Wednesdays, as well as the, um, the church on North Mass Ave that is doing the COVID testing on Wednesdays also has vaccinations and boosters. So get yourself boosted, um, get those numbers up. So, okay, so that was the COVID update. Now we had a city council meeting on Monday. Thank God that you were there. <laughs> you were there. It went, it was so short. I think I was, we were done by like seven. 645, 645, 645. So um, there were a few items that we wanted to run through. There were a couple of waiting reports from the city manager. Um, so one of the ones that came back was uh, something that you and I had put in with Councillor Zondervan and Councillor McGovern to ask the city to look into these smart box um, rat uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> uh, smart box for rat for killing rats. So they they rats go inside the boxes. They electrocute them. They've been using them in Portland, Maine, um, and they just started a pilot in Somerville a few months ago. And the the news out of Somerville is good that the the, the boxes are really trapping these rats and killing these rats. They I think over a month they were able to to kill over eighty rats. But the thing that's nice about the the boxes is what um, the staff was telling us on Monday night was, you know, we, we have the, 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 the baited traps out there that have the poison in them, but you have no idea um, how many rats they're killing or what the traffic is like with these rat boxes because there's a data sensor in there and it's telling them all the time how many, you know, how many rats are going in there and being killed. They actually know where the activity is and then they can move those boxes around. So Monday night, um, the city manager came back and said that, you know, city of Cambridge is going to be doing a similar pilot to Somerville and it was going to cost us about $50,000, which gets us about 40 to 50 of those boxes and then 10 um, boxes in sewer pipes as well. So thanks to the DPW and Dan Raviello and the PIO office for moving on these so quickly, um, because I think I think I said this Monday night, you know, it's just another tool in our toolbox to, to help with this rat uh, problem because it is rampant across the city and you know so many residents reach out to us about the rat issues I know we have them even in my backyard in my neighborhood and um, it just seems to be getting worse all the time one of the other things one of the other mitigation efforts that the city has invested in heavily which is our new trash barrel system that are going to be rolling out in May or June where every resident uh, every residence will be getting uh, an 
like a standardized trash barrel that will be the same um, material as the recycling bins and the compost bins. And those will really, really be able to keep rats out because it takes away their food supply. They will not be able to get into these barrels. So the city also held a rat information session at the Cambridge Community Center, which was very well attended. That Riverside area has a very high level of rat activity. Um, I worked with Darren Corte over at the Cambridge Community Center to connect with the city to set that up. There were a lot of people there. There were a lot of questions, a lot of people who left with a lot of answers. Channel 7 actually came um, to record it and there was a session on it uh, or uh, they aired part of the, the session and then interviewed some neighbors. You know, it's funny, whenever I have a tweet or social media post about mitigating rats, it's like the number one, it's, they're so heavily, um, people seem to interact with it. I, I, it's just such an, an issue for everyone. Um, so we really, as a city, need to be focusing on that and making sure that we're addressing it in all the ways that we can. So I love talking about rats. So I could do this. You sure do. You I sure do. do. I sure do. But so I'll let you <laughs> talk about the next item. <laughs> Well, I will, will just say that I followed up with the city manager and just said to him, like, with North Cambridge in particular, like, you know, there's with the new Jefferson Park coming, there's going to be construction, there's just going to be, and there's a lot of rats, like, already, and I don't think everyone knows about C-Click Fix and just to, like, there's probably, we're probably under-reporting rats. Yes. Right, so, um, anyway, I'm excited to just see um, us trying to use every tool that we can. Um, I was quoted in an article a while ago being like, feral cats, that's what they're doing in Chicago. Oh my God. I remember that meeting. And when you said it, I was like, oh my goodness. Why did I say it? So but Vicky, why yeah. would you say that? <laughs> I do love cats, but, and it's happening. It's being done. So whatever it takes. Anyway, so the other thing that we had on the agenda was uh, around food insecurity. Um, we put in a policy order uh, into directing uh, COVID funds to address food insecurity by installing raised garden beds throughout Cambridge and providing free, fresh, locally grown food for residents in need. Um, it was reported to us that a new garden intern had been hired to assist with this process and there would be a public process for re rewriting our garden policy. And these public uh, meetings will occur monthly for the duration of the garden season. Yeah, and as part of that report back, there was also a conversation about the Double Up Food Double Up Food Bucks program that the Daily Table in Central Square participates in. So that that's grant money that's funded through the city that um, I helped secure for local markets and stores that give SNAP users uh, a two for one dollar match on fresh produce, ultimately totaling up to five dollars off produce daily. So a discount like that can really help the amount of nutritious food that low income families are able to buy and helps them really stretch their budget that much further. They reported, um, the city manager and his team reported that another one of our local markets, uh, Pemberton Farms has asked to join the program, which is really exciting. Um, I, I'm excited to see that other, you know, other than Daily Table folks wanting to jump on board in this. In Boston, there are I think seven or nine different locations across the city. And in Boston, what I was saying Monday night was in most of those locations are in like the, you know, your corner neighborhood stores. And, you know, I really wanted CDD and our economic development division to really be contacting our neighborhood stores to see if there was a way that they wanted to participate too. Cause we, you know, at Food for Free, like we, um, the Cambridge Weekend Backpack Program, 
because of COVID, we've been doing these debit cards instead of sending food home with kids. And we, what we're noticing is that a lot of the debit card use um, is going to those corner stores that like lots of folks are going to their corner stores to buy food. And so I wanna make sure that if that's where people are going to buy food, that the double up food bucks are actually available there as well. So um, they did tell me that they were um, reaching out to those, those, or those smaller stores. Yep. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, we also appropriated 1 million to purchase new equipment for snow and ice removal, which will buy a much needed new front loader as well as new equipment to clear bike lanes. Uh, so we will continue to build out the protected bike lane network, uh, more snow removal pieces of equipment are needed. And it's great to see the city adding these uh, equipment, uh, these pieces of equipment to the, the fleet. Yeah, I was excited to see that one too. Um, and then the last thing, oh, one of the last things we, um, Councilor McGovern had put in an order um, asking the city to look to waive dog license fees for residents for over 70 and on a fixed income. So um, they returned the order and gave us language that we can um, institute this policy here and waive those those license fees for residents over 70. The law that allows us to do this has actually been in place at the state level for over 20 years and other local municipalities have put this law into place for you know two decades so I was surprised to see that um, this hadn't come before us before you know if, if we could have been waiving uh, dog license fees for residents over 70 for 20 years I was just I had asked the question like why um, you know what's the mechanism by which new master and laws come before the city that would allow us to even know that that was happening so that we could change the language because apparently we just have to change um, some language that has to just be approved by the city council I got a pretty unsatisfactory I thought answer from the city solicitor which was basically like I how could I possibly <laughs> keep track of all of the laws that are changed at the state level? And um, I guess I was just surprised by that, that answer because uh, it seems like that is the, the role of the city solicitor's office. So um, in any event, it's very exciting that now we can um, waive those job license fees for residents who are over 70 and um, take that, that financial burden off of them. Definitely. Um... And I agree. I think there should be some kind of mechanism that we get some information about updated, you know, we have the mass municipal, mass municipal association for that. So anywho, we also had a climate crisis working group report um, that was on our agenda that I had formed and appointed Councillor Nolan as chair. And it kind of lays out some recommendations from you know, making sure that we um, really change our current green fleet policy, um, you know, to, you know, looking at, um, you know, fear-free transit. And, and so that report is available online. Um, we had a lot of good folks from the community a part of that. And, you know, as we see every day, you know, we have to definitely do as much as we can and more because the climate crisis is here. And, the numbers are just not looking good. So that was on there. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a packed agenda, but we it was not really packed, but we covered it really quickly. And then this week's agenda will be there for a while. <laughs> There's a lot that's on the table. There is a lot that's on the table. It's not going to be a set a six forty five meeting. Uh, nope. Certainly. So we'll, 
yeah, we'll have to report back at that um, in a few weeks for sure. Um, so what what else is going on? We've got some some upcoming events. You've got um, there's a an iftar coming up. Is that next week? Yeah. So there's a few iftars. There's two iftars that are happening tonight and tomorrow. There's a friendship tent iftar tent on the main library field. Um, this is a, a few organizations that are that kind of put it together and we've my office has been involved a little bit um so that's happening the one that my office has been organizing with our, our schools and our city's diversity committee is our cambridge community of thar uh next week april 13th starting around six at the cambridge street upper school so please do come i know it's on your calendar because i told you about it a while ago it's definitely on my calendar and it's funny, I'm looking at April 13th and it's, I mean, it's just booked the whole day. We've got like a, we have an ordinance committee meeting. We have an economic development committee meeting. We have a start by believing um, a vigil on city hall steps at two mm. o'clock. Um, we have a, a legislative breakfast with the greater uh, Boston Labor Council. We, Wednesday, gonna be a big day. Sure is. So everybody join us on Wednesday evening at the community iftar at the Cambridge Street Upper School. Uh, another thing that's going on, just to let those Cambridge parents know, the applications for the 2022 Mayor's Summer Youth Employment Program opens on this Monday, April 11th. The Mayor's Summer Youth Employment Pro Program connects Cambridge teens with a variety of paid summer jobs in Cambridge and surrounding communities. During summer 2022, MySEP will run between July 11th and August 19th. So those teenagers work between, or work 20 hours a week and are paid minimum wage, which is 14.25 by the city of Cambridge. The teens will apply to MySEP through TRACS, the Department of Human Services Programs online registration system, April 11th through the 29th. So you should check out the application link is at cambridgema.gov slash M-S-Y-E-P MySEP. So Monday, people. Monday. Get on it. I um, so I had met with a Sanofi Genzyme who came, or Sanofi, they'd come to me with me, and you know we were talking about a lot of things, internship opportunities, everything. They participate in the Boston program, but they don't participate in the Cambridge one. So we're going to change that. We're going to change that, um, and that goes for a lot of companies. So they probably won't be a site this summer, but I think there'll be a site next summer, and. Um, we're always looking for new sites, and one of the sites that I helped organize for this summer was the Mass Audubon Society, and so oh, nice. that'll happen, um, and yeah, hopefully we can just increase the number of sites as uh, we go on, so um, definitely have teens apply, and we'll spread the word over our social media. We also have a household hazardous waste collection event um, happening tomorrow uh, from nine to one. Uh, proof of residency is required. And this is gonna be over at Mooney Street. Yeah, 50, um, 50 Mooney Street. Street. There's some special directions. And so make sure you go on the website and look at those um, directions. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be busy. <laughs> Yeah, it says, you know, you like, you have to collect waste from the trunk of your car only. There's like a lot of 
it's very specific. If you've never gone to hazardous, uh, wait, household hazardous waste day, it's an event. Um, get, get your coffee, bring a meal. You might be sitting in your car for a while, um, but definitely read the special instructions because you don't want to get there and be like, oh, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> exactly. We don't want to do that. Well, that's it. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other a lot this weekend and Friday night. What are your plans? Um, I have big plans to put my pajamas on at about 4.30. <laughs> I mean, this week has just wiped me out and I'm wiped. wiped. And so I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to not wearing hard pants post 4.30. Amazing. Well, hope maybe if you are get hungry, there's that iftar tent. Oh, that's true. The friendship tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the friendship tent. There's going to be Sufi music, which is cool. always cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, happy Friday, everyone. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.